Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, you continue our series called Critical Success Factors. Every guest we feature in this series will help us identify, based on both experience and observation, 10 keys or enablers for making significant progress in your life. Last week, Fremantle set the pace with some thought-provoking perspectives. Tonight, I get to host the CEO of Rankard, Kofidazi, sharing his own 10 critical success factors. Rankard supports several partners and multinational brands to connect relevant mobile audiences. They distribute over a million mobile transactions daily, including the SMS Academy. But before I welcome Kofi, take a moment to listen to this very interesting message. It's going to come to you very shortly because later tonight, I bring you rare perspectives from a retired American pilot who has flown different presidents, vice presidents, and secretaries of state. He will tell you who his favorite president was and some of his own critical success factors. Just listen to this. You know, I, I would say Bill Clinton because right. I got to know him more than the other ones. Uh, president Clinton, you could talk about football, you could talk about anything. He would, even his wife. His wife is a wonderful person. Well, that's the voice of Ted McNaughton. I'll be bringing you his thoughts later in the program because he has some very interesting perspectives up close and personal with the most powerful man on earth. We'll find out what he thinks about leadership, what he thinks about mentoring, and very importantly, pursuing the passion that you have. So that's all happening tonight on Springboard, your virtual university. But let me set the ball rolling by giving you once again our commitments for the year 2016. We have three commitments you are running with all the way through this year. It's simply about continuous improvement as a key, a springboard, and an enabler to achieving your dreams. The word is Kaizen. And so this year, our commitment is to improve ourselves, improve our value, and improve our strategy. Improve yourself means become a better person in your faith, your character, and your relationships. Everyone you relate to must see an improvement in the way you relate to them, whether they be your spouse, your parent, a worker, a colleague at work, or a friend. There must be a difference in the way you relate. Improve your value means your brand positioning must improve, your leveraging, your sense of leveraging must improve, your income streams must improve, network, and then your knowledge base must also improve. Improving your strategy focuses on getting things right the first time and executing faster, cheaper, hassle-free, and more efficiently. It's a subject we'll be looking at all year through because everything we do must get better and better every day. Kofi, welcome to Springboard. Thank you, Albert. I'm glad to be here. It's always good to see you. So let's start with, before we go into critical success factors, let's, let's give us a sense of the rise and rise of mobile content consumption. Is this something that was predicted in the recent past? Right. Um, certainly, the uh, rise of content consumption uh, spans the digital space. What's happening with mobile is it's the device that we're all carrying all the time, and 
the device has grown more powerful. So our smartphones, tablets, tablets, um, data access has expanded. We have more data and it's a little cheaper. And so the pathway to consume content has expanded and, and we're all um, um, enjoying that. Um, it's also that a lot of the content we have access to, well, some we have to pay for, a lot of it is free and comes with advertising sponsored models. And so everybody is just consuming more. And because our mobile devices are with us all the time, we're consuming a whole lot more on mobile. Talking about they being with us all the time, um, when tablets, the various iPads and and that set of tablets, when it was predicted that very soon they would put laptops out of business, it sounded weird. In fact, when when it was predicted that very soon people would use very little of 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 desktops and use more laptops, it sounded like how possible. Then they said tablets will overtake laptops. That sounded even more weird because everybody felt like listen, the, the, everything you do is on the laptop. Now it seems to me that the average person you meet does literally everything on their phone and even the tablets are under threat. Is, is, is that a, a fair thing to see? Um, somewhat. So there are all these measures on how much time we're spending with which device doing what. I think the truth we find is that most of us have three. We have a smartphone, we have a tablet, and we have a laptop. Um, let's think of it this way. If we could all afford to, we'd probably have a motorbike, a sports car, and a four-wheel drive SUV, right? Um, it's They have different uses, but we probably use one of them more than the other two. And um, that's probably what's happening. I think we're using our, mo- our mobile smartphone probably a bit more than the other two. It's most portable. So, so the motorbike is, is winning because of the traffic. <laughs> 30 minutes past the hour of Seven, if you just joined us, my guest is Kofi Dazen, CEO of Rankard. He's just about to take us through his 10 critical success factors. But I want to warm up by, by finding a, a bit more about the Rankard model and also about, about mobile mobile telephony or mobile content consumption. Let me zero in on the, on the SMS Academy. For over five years now, we've just been providing content on a daily basis to people. And thousands of people are literally being educated through mobile telephone. You provide the platform, you provide the content, and we partner to provide education. I mean, that's how we see it, education via mobile technology. Let's talk about the power that this generates and the, the opportunities that it gives us to reach people, some of whom we never, ever will get to meet. Well, there is two things we look at closely these days in the mobile content distribution. There's consumption and there's discovery. And in fact, the next phase of what will be important for the SMS Academy is on two fronts. One, to expand the consumption models so that people who want to dial in and listen versus who want to read text and people who want to do it in different languages could also have that. And um, so we've rolled out voice infrastructure to support the dissemination of different consumption formats. But beyond that, what's most interesting is discovery. Now, for five years, and even beyond that, depending on the different formats of content you've been developing in Springboard, you have a vast library under different topics, well-organized, sequenced. Now, what you want people to begin to do is to be able to begin to search. Or, beyond search, what we call discovery in Rankard is when the content searches for you, when it finds you on a basis of relevance. 
And so you want to be able to distribute this library in a way in which it's reaching people on with, with what they need. That's discovery, and that's really the next way, making so all the information instance, relevant. We did, in February, we did a series on how to get promoted at work. Mm-hmm. Now, we are doing a series right now on the 30 critical pitfalls, mm-hmm. pitfalls, the, the mistakes that cost people seriously in life. If somebody decides that even though we are doing the series in April, the series we did in February on, on getting promoted is what they are interested in. We are saying that they should be able now to go back and consume that content based on its relevance. That we are saying? It should be multidimensional. They should be able to go back. They should be able to go sideways. They should be able to link um, content from that was distributed on different days that adds up to what they are looking for. And also, if they define a set of needs that they have and connections, friends, the content should be able to find them on the basis of relevance. It's it's just going 3D in discovery mode, going beyond content distribution to discovery. And discovery is the key, and hopefully in the future we'll get to talk more about how this makes people's lives a whole lot more exciting. Well, it, it sounds very exciting already, and we'll be exploring how to make this knowledge revolution more relevant and more available to people. Every is literally about the democratization of information and knowledge and education. Everyone, nobody must be left behind in this quest. But let's come down to our critical success factors. And let me find out from you. So for, for you, what do you be sharing today? Is it, if I were to put up a vote between observation and experience, which one would you say is a better teacher? Observation is far better. I mean, why would you want to experience errors? And, and a, a lot of learning is done from errors. If you can learn from somebody else's, why would you want to go through it on your own? So observation is far better. However, experience is inevitable. Right. Observation is better, but experience is inevitable. I'll, I'll add this to the computer's quotes. All right, so let's rule out your your 10 critical success factors. So just walk us through them one by one, and if, if there are questions, I would like to sure. pick them as I go along. But just let's hear from you. If anyone walked up to you, if a, a group of young people, emerging leaders, uh, uh, managers at Rankard or any other organization walked up to you and said, listen, you've built together with your colleagues a fascinating organization and, and you've done some amazing things. We want to learn from you what it takes to be personally successful, what it takes to achieve your goals and aspirations. What will be the 10 critical success factors you will share? Number yeah. one? Well, if you like, I'll give you the 10 all together and then um, break them on each one, right? right? So I'd go for play, practice, Perseverance, partnership, frustration, focus, adaptability. Well, whatever, whatever happens, you just slow it down and roll it through, and then after that, you can pick it up again. Okay. So play, play, practice, practice, perseverance, mm-hmm. partnership, right. frustration, focus, adaptability, discipline integrity and faith why do I feel like I, I can literally hear people either typing it at home or, or writing it at home <laughs> your choice of words and, 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 and even the way you arrange them it sounds quite compelling and you start with play give us a sense of what it means to play so as I was admittedly preparing this afternoon my daughter was with me and she asked me what I was doing and I explained it and so at some point I asked her what she wanted to contribute. She contributed play. 
and she was going on about you know when you're working hard and you're tired you need to play but I, I said i kept thinking through and i said well it's critical depends on how you play so if you play hard how old is she she's eight you, you must dedicate this point to her <laughs> i promised her i would and i think she's listening right now, now i hope she is jc this is your point this is yours so we're going to talk about play right <laughs> now you're allowed that's right so depends on how you play if you play hard and competitively to win right and if that's your attitude to playing then i like play a lot because it's a safe way to practice real life but playing is work for some people like footballers my team lost today but just for the record play play is is work for some people play the word play in its variant could mean compete are you talking about play as in leisure as in fun or play as in well that's the point if you play to win then you've evolved what could be leisure entertainment um, exercise to learning how to win in life if you play to win if you play to compete but the next points on practice and perseverance are related to play so let's go to number two which is okay. practice like, point number one is that if you play hard and compete to win if you play to win then it's a safe way to practice real life right and, and that's the point number two okay so which leads us to practice i said to say play is a safe way to practice real life right so we all know or many of us know about the gladwell principle of um 10,000 hours of deliberate practice needed to become world-class in any field. It, it applies more to structured fields, fields where the, the rules of the game are pretty strict. And so how hard you practice, you know, um, contributes significantly to success. Now I'll link practice to the third point, which is perseverance, because for most of us... Hold on okay. on practice. Mm-hmm. Now contextualize this to the benefit of anyone in any field that you want to choose mm-hmm. this point has come up here a couple of times i would like you for the benefit of our listeners to contextualize this ten thousand hour rule what exactly does it mean yeah well so studied across a number of food but especially in music and sports it works out to the extent of time of accumulated and and it's 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 communicated as deliberate practice so it's not ad hoc it's often where there is some tutor with a regime, regimental, rigid, and you just keep going at this thing until you, you master it. You know, so you're seeking to be a master, which is the gap for many of us. We don't become masters in our field, whether you're a carpenter, whether you're a pilot, whether you're a marksman. You want to become a master, and practice is a fundamental ingredient to that. The challenge for many of us is we don't have what it takes to stick through practice. We get tired and we want to stop practicing. Or we practice something for a day or two and and we can't keep going. That's why I link it to perseverance. Because when we go back to play, people, the people whom we pay a lot and we watch to play, what's behind all of that? And many of us mistake it for thinking it's talent. It's a big mistake. Study Mozart's life. The talent may be there. But the practice is what unlocks it. The right. practice is what allows you to demonstrate the talent at its peak. So you're doing a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. By the time you're ending point number one, you literally are already in point number and two. And so it's a transition. So can I safely assume that you're now in point number three? We're in perseverance. Perseverance, right. right. Perseverance is what it actually takes to achieve the extent of practice 
to become a master. Right. Right. So, so if you worked with any child trying to, you know, prepare them for a piano exam, which some of us are do, doing right now, just being able to stick with it every day and being able to press them to keep going on and on and coming back every day and just keep going until you have achieved the level of perfection of the performance you want. Sticking through what you have to practice until you reach the level of perfection. That is perseverance. And that's why it's linked back to practice, which is linked to play. Would you see that perseverance is the main, the main differentiating factor between raw talent and those who are actually able to transform a talent to world-class skill? I think it's a critical factor. The challenge with perseverance is whether it's the actor that's persevering or whether you have somebody who is assisting you to persevere. And at different stages in life, you may be on your own and so perseverance is coming from your own effort or there may be others who are helping you to persevere. And that's where partnership comes in. Right. And, and there are different forms of partnership. So we can think about partnership. So point number four is now partnership. Point number four right. is partnership. Right. So your partners are those who believe in your ability and the vision you have, whatever it is you are playing at, and are going to sometimes play a role with you, but in many cases are providing you support, are providing you the help to persevere. So partnership is, is key. It's, it's a fundamental to the support you need to persevere. In many cases, in many cases, partnership includes the people who are holding you to the goal. The people who may be mentors, parents, a boss, a friend, a business partner, the people you've shared your vision with who are holding you to it, who are going to ask you how far, where have you got to, understand the standard you're trying to reach and will hold you to. Those are key partners. There are different kinds of partners and the ones we tend to run away from are the ones who hold us accountable and who stretch us beyond our comfort zones. Absolutely. They, they seem to be the ones that we need the most to... They're the ones who make you persevere. Yeah, that's right. Right. Absolutely. So, if you just joined us, we're having this conversation, very last conversation about the 10 critical success factors as put together by by Kofi Dazu with the help of his nine-year-old daughter. And the first four we've had so far, play, practice, perseverance, and partnership. And if you're taking down some notes... On play, he says, if you play hard and compete to win, it's a safe way to practice real life. Practice, he says, is the 10,000 hour rule. That's commitment, that application that helps you to excel in any field. And he says, it's not just haphazard um, um, practice, it is a structured preparation, the, the, the sticking with the regimen. And that is what makes you a master in your field. And he says, people often lack the stickability to practice and stick to that practice. The third point was about perseverance, which he calls a critical factor in transforming a natural talent into a world-class skill. The fourth is about partners, partnership. He says partners believe in and support you to persevere, and they include those who hold you accountable to your goals, your mentors, your your board, and all those people that you want to dodge, but who are very key to you optimizing your potential. Let's come to the word that I'm sure raised all the eyebrows, frustration. That's Let's right. Talk. That's right. Frustration, in this case, 
is the antithesis of mediocrity. So frustration is seeing things in everyday life that don't work very well and insisting on their state that this is not good enough and then from that trying to make them better. But the critical thing... So your definition of frustration then is almost like the rejection of the status quo? Absolutely. Okay. Discomfort. And the right. persistent discomfort that you keep you keep afloat. You don't wallow down beneath it and sort of accept things the way they are. But the key thing to do with frustration is to develop insight. And I, I like a definition of insight I picked from a book, Deep Dive, that it's the product of two or more bits of information that are combined in a unique way. Two or more bits of information combined in, 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 in a unique way is insight. So the problem that is frustrate that is causing you frustration, which you intend to build a solution to, is going to lead you to some insight. You know, so your st- the, the the frustration driving at you causes you to gather information, combine it in some unique way, and you gain insight. It is that sort of insight from a deeply accepted frustration. In this case, you've accepted the frustration as something you want to overcome, not something you'll deal with or, or, or work around, is what actually leads to in innovation. I was going to come to that. I mean, so innovation, discovery, would you say that the big discoveries, the big business innovations are all products of a certain kind of frustration? What do you call frustration? In, in most cases. I mean, if you look closely, the products we love the most overcome some of the most significant frustrations we had. For many of us, though, instead of contending with the frustration, we, we, we sort of negatively adapt to the frustration. Adaptation is an important thing, so I'm saying negatively adapt here, which is reduce yourself to the frustrating circumstances to live with it, rather than um, con- contend with it until you innovate with a solution that overcomes. If I understand you right, what you're saying is that many people who feel frustrated with something end up with the frustration and not with the product of the frustration, which is the innovation that you talk about. Absolutely. Right. So in that case, then the frustration becomes unproductive. That's the problem. And it wears you, the person, down. <laughs> 29 minutes past the hour of, of seven. This is Springboard in Virtual University. We're having this series called uh, Critical Success Factors. Last week, Kofi Benson gave us his 10, and many of you commented on it. It came up in the graphic business, and many of you found that very useful. Kofi has is giving us a very interesting list that he's working us through, and we are at the halfway point where we've found out about play, practice, perseverance, partnership, and frustration. And frustration, just by the way, is a springboard to innovation and discovery. So now that you, your frustration has pushed you to discover something, to bring up an innovation, to bring up a discovery, let's talk about focus. So I like Kiyosaki's um, breakdown of focus as an acronym. Follow one course until successful. And I think there's nothing else to add to that. So I'll only repeat it. Follow one course until successful. That's focus. That leaves me with the responsibility to ask you a question. Do, do you find that in your interaction with people, the pursuit of one course, we, 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 we struggle with distractions or we struggle with the lack of perseverance? We, we, we often don't have the courage to take the risk 
to stick with our convictions and to persevere with them until we're successful. We are often too quick when we face adversity while trying to achieve something we desired to set it aside for a plan B. Backup plans are good and important, but there's a time in everybody's life where you must stick with one thing you're absolutely convicted on and pursue it until you're successful. Help a listener out there who is on a course pursuing an idea, something you've literally committed significant resources to, and somehow it's just not working. One school of thought says beyond some point, common sense says, listen, pack this one and follow plan B. One school of thought which you seem to be subscribing to says that one that you are pursuing could potentially be the big one that will change your life. How do you distinguish between the two? It's a difficult thing. If I were to summarize it, I would say in scenarios like that, don't have a plan B. But if your plan A, if you have good reason to understand that it isn't right, have a new plan A. But what I'm warning here is that a backup plan B on a convicted plan A almost assures the failure of the A because you see dissipate. That, see that it's very <laughs> a backup plan B on a convicted plan A almost assures the failure of the A because you dissipate your energy to something else you could be doing at a time when it's that very energy that you need to keep focused on that one thing. There are times when what it really takes for something to break through is just that you stick with it and you don't dissipate your energy anywhere else. That's where breakthroughs come from. So the acronym is follow one course until successful. It's 27 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock and tonight we are doing our critical success factors. No matter what you do, definitely, definitely there are questions that you need to ask yourself. Are you playing to win? Are you spending hours practicing to become an expert in your field? Are you persevering and, and sticking to what is required to succeed? Are you building the right partnerships and allowing the people that God has placed in your life to hold you accountable to do what they have been called to do? Are you staying focused in the face of adversity and following one course until you become successful? If you are not, then Kubidaz is telling us that there is much more that you can do. Let me take the, the, the seventh point and, and let's see whether we can when we are going along and we face challenges or difficulties, we can adapt ourselves to the circumstances. So let's talk about adaptability. Yeah. Um, adaptability has different angles. One of them is really about um, survival of the fittest and the whole concept that change is inevitable and that species that survive are those who know how to adapt to change. But talking about adaptability, extending that as being creative, being versatile, um, one of the things about change is predicting it. And that's where I love this saying from Bill Gates, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Why not create change rather than always become a victim to change? So many of us struggle in our lives with things that change around us. And if we'd spend a bit of time anticipating planning or even the or, or best best scenario actually to create the change then we can be riding the wave instead of being um, swallowed by it 
So being adaptable is, is fundamental to life. Any sphere of life you want to apply adaptability to it, it's those who win are those who know how to adapt to their circumstances around them. But those who really win are those who actually create the change and own it. What would be your... Oh, because it has a definition of adaptability. Not in dictionary format, but yeah. how would you define adaptability? Because I'm so, trying yeah. very hard to be sure that we don't depart from the principle of focus. Right. So what would you call adaptability? So adaptability is certainly not about dissipating focus. It's Adaptability is really about learning. It's about sensing your environment while you are trying to deliver an objective. There are always some external factors you don't control that change around you. So, so in delivering your objective and trying to be successful, you will find that you have to adapt some of the tactics and the methods you are using to get to the objective to overcome the different obstacles you meet. So adaptability is actually a fundamental input to delivering on your plan, to staying focused on your objective. Right, so you don't walk away from the original objective, but you understand the environment to help you still Context. pursue the original objective. Let's talk about discipline. Discipline, again, is one of those simple ones. Um, I like to think of discipline as the ability to get things done when it's inconvenient. You see, discipline, in, for most of us in our upbringing, the, 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 the picture we have of discipline is being made to do things that we don't want to do. And so then the verb part, being disciplined, is often the punishment we're taking for not doing what we were supposed to do, right? So it's all about something not being attractive, desirable, convenient, and yet doing it, sticking with it. But it's being required. It being a critical factor. It being required. So this this study by by I think that the Colossus distinguished it by calling it self discipline, so that it, it differentiated from from the one that's being met out to yes, you versus you meted out that's to you. Right. And interestingly, because of your definition, your mind goes back to the study conducted by Napoleon Hill at the request of Andrew Carnegie for 20 years, studying the 500 most accomplished and rich people um, in America at the time, at the turn of the 20th century. And after a study that spanned two decades, he came up with the conclusion that the one element that was present in all of them was self-discipline, which he defined as doing what you have to do and when you have to do it, whether you feel like it or not. So the point of inconvenience yeah. resonates very much mm-hmm. with that definition. So that's the one about discipline. Let's take the last two. Integrity. Integrity. And I picked this from a, a, um, a novel I read. It was, in a, it was in an exchange. Somebody was explaining something to the other. And it says integrity is the most important thing to me. And the other guy asked him, well, what do you mean by integrity? And their response was, it means telling the truth, keeping your promises, and taking responsibility for your mistakes. And telling the truth, I think, is something which is hammered into most of us growing up, simple enough. Keeping your promises, that's something many of us struggle with, especially if you make promises by heart. (laughs) Taking responsibility for your mistakes. That is a fundamental of leadership. In fact, I'd go further in saying being proactive and identifying your mistakes and owning up even before people call you out. 
later in the show, I'm, I'm going to be playing you the thoughts of a man who has flown or a retired um, pilot who flew a number of American presidents, vice presidents, and secretaries of state. And it's amazing how your thoughts and his travel along the same trajectory, even though you operate in very different environments, several thousands of miles apart. But I like the part about taking responsibility for your mistakes because it's something that he also highlights in his presentation. Let's take the 10th te- the point. I'm going to ask you after that which one is your favorite and why. So the 10th point is faith. So the 10th point is faith and I go straight to where I find it in Hebrews 11 chapter 1. Now faith, and this is the New International Version, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I don't think there's anything to add to that, so I'll just read it again. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And some of, well, maybe I'll make this little comment to it. Most of the things we desire that are significant are things, if they're significant, they're things that we do not see yet. And so traveling the journey, the difficult journey of perseverance to get to those things the discipline, the focus, the practice the playing to win competing, keeping your integrity all those things require that somehow you're assured that what you don't see you're going to arrive at in preparing this list I'm sure you, you, you contextualize our listeners, typically Emerging leaders, business owners, people who are trying to build organizations, build educational institutions, um, build a nation in one way or another, make an impact in their small community, become world changers in one way or another. How do these critical factors that you mentioned, that you've identified and explained so well, how do they enable a person to achieve their aspirations? I think if we all promise ourselves to stick with frustration, do not accept the status quo, do not accept your circumstances, do not accept the mediocrity both in you internally and around you externally, do not accept things as they are, aspire to what we truly must be and must become. There are enough examples to us. You can find them in books, in movies, in travel, wherever it is. We know as a people. And today I'm sitting in Joy FM in Ghana, so let's speak to Ghanaians. We know as a people that our potential is so much more than what we are living. And this is not just political, it's not just one form of leadership or the other. We need to maintain our frustration and let that lead to innovation so that we can live the lives that God has called us to. Do you do you subscribe to a school of thought that says we are far more capable than what we averagely produce? Again, looking at the Ghanaian context. I think if as a people, we even dial five years back, ten years back, fifteen years back, I mean, we can see it. Think of when it was common for ice water to be a big blue bucket on somebody's head balance and a cup that was dipped into it and passed around I for everyone selling to drink. And had a big crash, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and think of how it is commonly distributed today, even in rural areas. And so 
despite the fact that we still need more frustration to advance more, we certainly have had advances. We certainly have had progress. We just need a whole lot more. What, in your opinion, would be the trigger point for that massive surge that we can that can really bring about the kind of change that all of us desire? Deep frustration. Deep frustration. Deep frustration. And your definition of frustration is? <laughs> it's um, just not giving in to the things around us that we don't like. Right. And finding ways to make them better. But going, sticking. Going beyond sticking. not liking them. Yeah, it's doing something. Doing something about it. Kofi, let me push you to give me your favorite of the ten. And why? Integrity. Why? Because integrity leads to excellence. Integrity has a net learning. Integrity has a net humility. It means being true to yourself, knowing when you're not, what you've delivered is not up to. It's not what you promised. And going back to make it better. Number one, play. Number two, practice. Number three, perseverance. Number four, partnership. Number five, frustration. Number six, focus. Number seven, adaptability. Number eight, discipline. Number nine, integrity. And number ten, faith. Which one is your favorite? I'll be opening the phone lines later in the show to find out which one is really the one that that kicks or that sparks your thinking tonight. This is Critical Success Factors on Springboard, your virtual university. Our guest for tonight, Kofi Dazu, CEO of Rankart. And while he was sharing his thoughts, I'm sure you were thinking through them to see which is your favorite i'm going to give you the chance shortly to talk about which one is your favorite but this week comfort and i had the privilege of hanging out with a very engaging interesting personality a man who had flown with flown american um, uh, american presidents and, and vice presidents and secretaries of state but a man who also came across as being very practical and very humble and he shared his thoughts about what triggered his career shift and the choices that he made passion, mentorship, and very importantly, leadership disconnection. Let's hear the thoughts of Ted McNutt, the man who flew presidents. Please don't go away. What would you call the greatest lesson of your life? The greatest lesson of my life has been that you have to have a goal in life. Right. And you have to keep going through it to get to it no matter what. Right. And so you're supposed to be a pilot. Yes, I, I saw that the day I went to the, when I went to the air show, I saw, I said, I want to be inside one of those planes. And I, and I said, I need to find out how do I do that. I went to ask and I said, well, we would take you if you had a college degree. I said, well, well, I'll get a college degree, you know. And then I said, you know, I know it's not going to be easy, but luckily having somebody as my neighbor that would give me advice and gave me good information because when I took the test, the aptitude test, I was already very knowledgeable about the subject compared to my peers. My peers, that was the first time they're looking at something. I already had a grasp on the concepts. I knew what was expected. But I guess the greatest lesson I probably ever had is with my dad being on time. In the military, my life was easy because people saw me for the good things I did, not for the bad things. When you're late, people see you for being irresponsible and not being uh, a person that can get things done. Right. And they prejudge you. When you if you're late, that means you, you're not responsible. So you've, you've, you've done big things in your life as a pilot. You've flown presidents, vice presidents, mm-hmm. secretaries of state. And, and, and yet, and you've been in the military and everything, mm-hmm. and yet you will say that your biggest lesson is, is punctuality? Punctuality, yeah. Because that opens the door. People see you 
as part of the solution or part of the problem. So of all the American presidents and vice presidents, if mm -hmm. you know, which would you call your favorite and why? Just a personal Actually, you know, I, I would say Bill Clinton because right. I got to know him more than the other ones. The other ones were, I flew the vice president quail, and they had personality, but they don't have personality to come in contact with the regular average person. They always felt that they were above you. Right. And they created invisible barriers because they didn't say you can't come and say hi to me. Uh, President Clinton, you could talk about football, you could talk about anything. He would, even his wife. His wife is a wonderful person. Right. You know, there are a lot of people arrogant. You know, they, they, the day they have a position or a title, it goes to their head. Right. You know, being uh, the President of the United States is a big thing, but yet some people can put her in perspective and say, you know, it's an accomplishment, but I'm not God. I'm still a regular human being. I still have to be on time, do my things that I need to do because people depend on me. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest, uh, you know, thing that you see people. And then you see, I remember meeting President Bush when he was the son of the president, not... George W. George W., you know. Right. The same as uh, Vice President Gore. There are people that are, they, they come from wealth, and that's when you cannot accept responsibility for your actions, you become a, a no, normal human being. Because human beings make mistakes sure. and re fall down recover, right? And that's how the world is. It's a learning lesson. From the day you are born, it's a struggle to stay alive, right? And you survive your life. The, when you're young, you don't realize the, the factors because you're too young to know what's going on. Your parents provide for you, but like I tell my daughter, the first time she got a part-time job, I said, Honey, you're going to wish this day never came. And I said, Why? Because when they pay you, people expect things from you. Mm. It's no longer, I don't have to come to work because I don't feel like it. No, they want you. To, if they don't come, there are repercussions. They'll fire you. If you don't do a good job... They will replace you, you know? So it's a ladder of progression, you know? You always should aspire to be in the owner or, the, or in charge, okay? From the day you start, you should not settle for less. You didn't hear anything from the day you start. Never settle for less. The thoughts of Ted McNutt, the retired Air Force pilot, he shared about passion, talked about questions, the role of counseling and mentorship. He talked about punctuality. He mentioned leadership disconnection, and then he mentioned responsibility. But guess what? The one that he sees is the biggest lesson of his life is punctuality. It's not the, those big things that we think about. It was punctuality. Lateness to him equals irresponsibility. And he says, when you are punctual, it opens the door. So those are the thoughts of the retired Air Force pilot. Very interesting personality very engaging personality but hey if you've been listening tonight you want to call it to the show let's talk about your learnings play practice perseverance partnership frustration focus adaptability discipline integrity and faith those are the thoughts of coffee doesn't see you of rankard hello good evening good evening this is adam from sugarcope which one would you attribute um the last point that's faith. That's faith. faith why faith faith it's it's, it's a it means a substance of things not seen and uh, the things so for. Right. So once you have the you have a dream, you are working towards it, and uh, you shall surely get there. Right. So faith is the one for you, Eden. Yes. Thank you very much. Right. Let's take the the next caller. Let's find out which one is your favorite and why. Hello. Good evening. 
Your name, where are you calling from, please? Oh, my name is Paul Amen. Did you say Limwell? Paul Amen. Paul Amen. Right. And which one would be your favorite, sir? Faith. Faith again? Yes. For the same reasons as Adam? Uh, because faith, uh, faith is uh, something that you will, where you have it, you can do anything. Right. Yeah. So faith does it for you. All right. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Which is your favorite of the ten critical success factors shared by Kofidazi of Rankard? I have Hosea from Tesano. Hosea, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you, sir? I'm fine, sir. And you? Right. Ah, very well tonight. I'm learning from Kofidazi's ten points. Last week, Kofidazi raised the bar, and Kofidazi also raised the bar. I'm just finding these critical success factors very compelling. Which would you call your favorite, sir? Mm, the last point, faith. Hosea. Jose, faith. Jose. Faith, faith. Okay, why is faith a, a good one for you? Yes, sir. Why? Uh, because, uh, you know, faith is everything. Faith is everything. Right. Thank faith you very much. Everything. Okay, sir. Thank Coming you. Very the well. last caller and find out which would be Nuruddin from Enchi. Nuruddin, good evening. Good evening, Uncle Albert. How are you, sir? By his grace, I'm doing very well. Fantastic. So tell me, Nuruddin, which one would be your preferred of the 10 points that Kofi Dazi shared? For me, I think perseverance is the best because you have to consistently pursue your goal in order to achieve it, despite the challenges. So until you persist and continue to pursue a common goal, regardless of difficulties, then obviously you might not be able to achieve it. Right. All right. Thank you very much, Nuruddin. So you want to persist in listening to Springboard, your virtual university. And as you do, I am very confident that you will achieve your goals. So that has been a discussion with Kofi Dazi, CEO of Rankard, on his 10 critical success factors. So we come away again with Springboard right here your virtual university my name is albert okran and on behalf of comfort matthew amos and Ishra, god bless you god bless you and god bless you good night thank you for listening to springboard zone an inspirational podcast by albert and comfort okran like our facebook and twitter pages at albert and e okran and comfort okran a For free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching, searching. The light has come.